You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Anna. Your table is ready. Live long and prosper. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Dino Podcast. This is episode 198. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And it is good to be back Hi. in the studio. And oh, and M's here. You forgot about me. I totally forgot about what? M. What? I go on vacation and this is the thanks I get? <laughs> this is the thanks you get. Scott, you have failed. That's it. I'm <laughs> muting my microphone. You guys can suck it. Oh man, sorry about that, M. Yeah, M goes on vacation we're like, wow. oh, she's no longer here. Wow. Well, you know, this is what we get for not recording in like over a month. It that's not that's not actually true. We did record at Farpoint, mm-hmm. but it still throws things off. It does. Think. It just threw me off, and you know, and we would have done a recording two weeks ago, but it's, it's all my daughter's fault. I'm blaming that my daughter. That was the meanest thing ever. What? My <laughs> daughter or you? You guys? No, you totally forgot me. <laughs> I, daughter. I know. I was so nervous. We're doing this live in the air, and here I am. Oh, so. brother! We need to start over. You want to start? No, nope, we should leave it in. We'll cut it in post. No, we won't. Just no, we won't. We'll just leave it all in because it's kind of fun. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny no, that I forgot you, M. So, I mean, yeah, leave it in because that way it's there for all posterior. That's right, <laughs> posterior, right? And, all... and you should get as much mileage out of that as possible. You, you definitely need as oh, much mileage. You bet there. your fancy pajamas, I am. <laughs> Yay! Jen oh can hear God. us. Anyway, yes, Damien hi everybody, can hear us. it's M. Ciro Garcia. Yeah, we're glad to have M here on the show tonight, even though I totally forgot her. Jerks. <laughs> Philistines. I love you. Oh, man. So how, how are you guys doing? It's been it's been since Farpoint, and, uh, and, and M, since I forgot you, let's start with you first. How are you doing? Fine. <laughs> Short and to the point. You just got back from a... A cruise that we're going to hear about a little bit Nerd later on. Don't cruise. don't don't you go awesome. saying you're just fine. <laughs> I'm tan is what I am. Um, I'm just right. back from the Jonathan Colton cruise crazy uh, number four, where we went to uh, Grand Caymans, Jamaica, and Haiti. And by we, I mean my close personal friend Will Eaton. Um, <laughs> of course. And Jonathan Colton, who makes amazing music and some other great authors. There's some authors. There's other musicians. I heard some great music. A new musician, um, Jim Boja. Oh, my God. That man can play an ukulele like there's nobody's business. He was just amazing. And just a great time with friends who I only get to see once a year and um, some dear friends who uh, live in the area. So being able to hang out with them. It was it was a blast, an absolute blast. Awesome. Miles, how about you? How are things been going for you? Pretty good. Um, I, I, I got to say, though, I'm sort of in mourning. Um, I, I, you all know I'm watching you know, Doctor Who for the first time and on Netflix and just got through season four and I had, had to say goodbye to David Tennant. And, uh, that, that was a sad moment. Dude, I, I, you know, I, he was fantastic. I mean, I, I just, I'm sure Matt Smith is going to be fine, but... Oh, he will be. But, 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 but... Tennant just, I thought he, he just brought something to the the character of the Doctor that was just, uh, just, just tremendous. Mm. And so um, he, he truly embodied that character. Oh, and, he did. And took it to a whole new level, yeah. and really kind of because he had to kind of pick it up um, where um, what's his name, the Number Nine Doctor, Eccleston. kind of bailed. Yeah. You really didn't get invested in him, and with Tennant, you got him for four whole seasons, and you really, you really got to see a huge range of the Doctor, and it was just, it was awesome. Yeah, totally agree with that. And you'll like Matt Smith. Matt Smith will, will grow in. He's a different Doctor, but mm-hmm. he was good. I'm mm-hmm. going to give, I'm going to give Matt a chance. Uh, you got to give Matt a chance. If you gave oh. Eccleston a chance, you got to give Matt a chance. Matt was better than Eccleston, in my opinion. Okay. But what do you, when, what do you think of that statement, M? Mm-hmm. Give him a chance. Yeah, give him a he chance. He grows on you. Yeah, he's he he's adorable. Like yeah. you just want to put him in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that you know, as soon as you know, we're having this very sad moment with Tennant phasing out of existence and Matt Smith phasing oh, into existence. 
he just sees all hell break loose. The TARDIS is blown up all around him, and he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. And he's like a kid in a candy store. Isn't you it? know, the, the TARDIS is crashing to Earth, and it's like he's like a teenager. You know, just having the wrong view of a car crashing or something. Yeah. Uh, Damien and Jen agree. They, they love the doctors. Mm-hmm. So you'll like them all. But, but Damien said Tenet was his doctor too. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Matt is cool. Well, uh, in, in, as far as what's been going on in my life, uh, <laughs> I haven't been watching a ton of sci-fi. I've just been crazy busy. Um, but I am continuing my trek through um, Deep Space Nine. I'm halfway through season seven. Oh. And... and um, I just did the uh, the alternate universe one with uh, where they have to go re- rescue the Grand Nagus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of working my way through that, and that's kind of my goal right now. You should be done soon. I hope to be. Mm-hmm. So give me enough treadmill days, and I'll be I'll be I'll be done. Yeah. Well, we are um, with this episode 198. That means we only have two episodes to go before we hit the almighty 200. Right. And we oh, plan on having a. I know. We plan on having a pretty nice celebration, and we're going to do that by giving away tons of loot mm-hmm. to our listeners. Um, and so it doesn't matter whether you're U.S. or across the pond or whatever. Uh, we have some loot to to give away, that kind of in celebration. And uh, we had a couple suggestions as to how to celebrate it. Someone suggested we do a re- rewind of Serenity, mm. which I'm up for, but I don't think I'm up for it for the 200th show. Right, I'm yeah. definitely up for a, a, a Serenity. Uh, yeah, someone off. said we should do the top ten sci-fi diner moments, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was kind of good, and um, maybe also like some other sci-fi shows that made it to 200. Oh, I thought okay. that that would be a good one. Right, you know? right. Mm-hmm. And um, and some other people mentioned maybe talk about how we met, how we started, mm-hmm. a little bit of the history of the diner. So I figured yeah. we can incorporate some of that somehow. Okay. Um, but let's talk about our giveaway since that's kind of cool. If you go to the sci-fi diner podcast.com website, you should see a link to, um, it should be our 200th episode giveaway. And most of the pictures that are up there, well, all the pictures that are up there, we're giving away and there's some additional ones I'll be posting in the next couple of days. Uh, that'll be up there as well. But there are really four ways you can go about getting these awesome prizes. All right. Um, and so the way that you can get these awesome prizes is you just go to the website and look up the 200th giveaway, 200th episode giveaway, and there are four ways you can get them. Number one, you can explain your favorite moment from Sci-Fi Diner history. Number two, in the introduction to our show, we have clips, four clips from various TV shows, genres, and movies. You can choose your own clip from a favorite TV show and send it in. And explain kind of why it's iconic and why it should be in our introduction. So we're looking at maybe changing up the introduction a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have not done so, you can leave an iTunes review, copy and paste it into like an email and then send a copy of it to us. And then a fourth way is you can kind of throw a small donation or tip in the tip jar. And these monies go toward hosting and new equipment and purchases that continue to bring you the diner shows that you've been getting. So those are the four ways you can earn those prizes. And then there's information about what you have to send in in addition to that. But there's some good good loot here. We have Eddie Mc, we got Warehouse 13, Eddie McClintock. Right, if you want. Giving him away. Mm-hmm. Felicia Day we're giving away. I really had to, you know, pry your fingers off that one. You, you did. <laughs> um, we have two Walking Dead signed prints from uh, Melissa McBride, the cool. Ehrenberg, Tommy Decker from uh, Terminator and many other shows and a bunch of comics we'll be giving away. Sam Whitwer signed crash tone CD, one of his first CDs that he put out with his band, the crash tones. Cool. So yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff. Billingsley, Seta Vander. So there's lots of good loot that we are giving away and uh, is yours. You just have to uh, do one of those four things and, um, and then pick which one you want. So I believe that. So that about does it. So, any, uh, any of those ways of kind of celebrating uh, episode 200M that kind of stick with you? Um, I like the print. The print, the it's super cool because it's the, the print with um, from Walking Dead because it's oh, yeah. a gorgeous photo oh, of the yeah. cast. So it's a perfect like starter piece mm-hmm. to go and get the other 
signature is Absolutely. Done. Yeah, very good. And, and that, Timoth- that, that, that Thomas Decker print's a great one, too, if you're at a con and if you're fortunate enough to be, uh, if, if um, um, Lena Headley and Lena Headley is, is there. Summer Glau. I mean, that would be, that would make a great picture for your collection. That's right. Absolutely. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we move into the main show and, um, and let's, uh, let's go through the menu miles. So it will also uh, announce the trivia question this week. Trivia winner. Well, we have a trivia winner. So yeah, we have a trivia winner. Uh, so we will announce the winner and uh, congratulate the, the winner of that. TV news. We've got lots of TV news. Uh, so we have a Game of Thrones conundrum we need to talk about. We do need to talk about the Game of Thrones dun, conundrum. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Good Perez Hilton stirring up trouble. Doesn't he always? <laughs> and oh, uh, such a diva. <laughs> true. Uh, and we, that's a lot coming from me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very true. Uh, we have some teasers. We have the teaser for the the, the final season of Warehouse 13. Uh, we said to see oh, the show yeah. go, but I'm sure they'll they'll really finish it off real good. And our first look at the uh, animated Star Wars Rebels. We'll, we'll see a look at that also. In, in movie news, we'll be playing a, a trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. Looking forward to that. And this week's twist, uh, we, we always talk about how Star Trek uh, influences modern culture, influences technology, and we might have another uh, piece of technology that was um, inspired by, by Star Trek, uh, a possible dermal regenerator. Uh, could, we, we might be able to see one of those in the, in, in the future. And uh, our, our Sci-Fi 5 of 5, both uh, myself, I'll be sharing my first, my, my, my five uh, top moments at Farpoint, and Anne will be sharing her uh, five moments on this uh, th- this cruise that she was on. Awesome, that'll be a, it's a good menu tonight. Fantastic menu. Uh, now I will I, I can't guarantee that M and I won't crash your five top moments at Farpoint. Just saying. Well, I assume we'll, we'll probably have we'll share those. <laughs> we probably will share we'll those. Have those in common. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead and uh, take us into the trivia this week? Okay. So we asked uh, we asked last time. Um, who said this quote, and what, what is the TV show it is from? So here's the quote. With the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censored. The first thought forbidden. The first freedom denied chains us all irrevocably. Yeah. And uh, so Jim Jim wrote in and said, this one was way too easy. He goes, this quote is from season four episode of Star Trek, the next generation titled The Drumhead. It was said by Captain Jean-Luc Picard, quoting Judge Aaron, is it Sati? Sati, yeah. Sati, mm-hmm. while being grilled by the judge's daughter. How's that for geek cred? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. He gets wow. a lot of geek cred for this yep. one. I, I thought this might be a little more challenging, but I should never us- underestimate Jim. Yeah. So what he won was episode 14 through, oh, what is it? Episode 14 through 18 of Star Trek, the IDW Star Trek series, and also Strange New Worlds. It's kind of a photo montage. Right. So he won these that you can see if you're watching the video here. And uh, it's kind of cool. So, so Congratulations, Jim. Yeah, definitely. And uh, he did answer the code word, which was Gallifrey. Gallifrey. So pulling from your... Uh, my, my, my new love of uh, Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move into our first promo tonight. Our first promo is from uh, Resur- <laughs> Resurrection Sorry. Revealed. Sorry about uh, that. Excuse Miles hitting my mic here. Um Resurrection Revealed. It's not a show that I tuned into. Did you watch a show when it aired this week? No, I didn't. I, In fact, until uh, Troy and Wayne, who are doing this podcast, actually started talking about it on Facebook, I was not even aware that a Resurrection um, Revealed might be called. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you'll hear them talk about it. They'll get the title right. But I wasn't aware the show was even coming out. And I saw the trailer, and it has the... Um, one of the main characters is the guy that was that 70s dad. Oh, okay. So he was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, it reminded me a little bit of 4400 premise. The idea that um, these kids disappear, this kid, his kid disappeared 30 years ago and then reappears and he's the same age. Oh, okay. So and that's kind of the premise of it. Mm-hmm. They think he's dead and he's not, obviously. And so they're kind of dealing with that. And that's just that's all I pulled from the trailer. So it's totally accurate. That's exactly what the show's about. But but have, have you seen this or heard anything about I've this never show? Never heard of this. Um, so the dad from that '70s show is on it. Yeah. You know he was in the original RoboCop. Oh, he was. I forgot about that. 
Yeah. Now I might have to check this to show it. Just when I need another TV show, I need to it watch. It is. It definitely is. <laughs> Anyways, here is the promo. And if you are watching it or just want to find out more about it, please check out this podcast. In the heart of the Midwest, a mystery is brewing. I want you to explain to me why a federal agency would issue a report for a boy who died 32 years ago. In the heart of a family, faith is being tested. The DNA test came back. Jacob is your son, Mr. Lex. In the heart of the listeners, questions will rise. Did I die? Did we all die? Noodle Mix Network, in partnership with MediaVoiceOvers.com, proudly present the one podcast that will get to the heart of what it truly means to be alive. Join Wayne Henderson and Troy Heinrichs for Resurrection Revealed. Watch ABC's Resurrection, then subscribe to get to the heart of each episode. Follow on Twitter at Resurrection Pod and listen all season at ResurrectionRevealed.com. Well, um, we weren't the only ones that didn't hear about it. David never heard of the show either, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen said she looked at it, heard of it, and she doesn't think it aired yet. So I, I thought the first episode aired this week, but maybe they just dropped the first episode in their podcast. So okay, but I'll have, it, I'm, I'm curious about it. It, it, might, it sounds interesting. Yeah, I think it's an ABC show, mm-hmm. so that means it won't be canceled after the first three episodes. But summer in it there you go that's that's it it's, it's done <laughs> that's mean <laughs> that is i know it is kind of mean um well let's talk that about this really... so we got to talk about something that perez hilton came out with this week and it caused so obviously if you listen to the show you know i'm an english teacher and there's this group of English teachers that are diehard Game of Thrones fans. And so when this news story <laughs> came out, I was getting bombarded by, does Tyrion die at the end of book five, blah, blah, blah. And I was trying to be coy because I hate spoiling that. Like, if you aren't reading it, and I don't, I mean, she not, this, this person hadn't wanted spoilers up to this point. Finally, she got it out of me because whatever. But this is a story. So... Uh, game, and I called it the Game of Thrones conundrum, and this is kind of what Prez Hilton said. Peter Dinklage is leaving Game of Thrones. What? Um, um, basically, this scene-stealing star is reportedly in talks to play the lead role in a new HBO show, strangely enough also adapted from a series of sci-fi fantasy novels. The Beasts of Valhalla is being adapted by Ben Stiller's Red Hour Productions, and Farscape writer Simon Monjo. Simon explains why he just has to have Peter. It's a ground it's a grounded sci-fi series. HBO and the Red Hour think he's a perfect guy for the part and we're excited about the project. So does this mean that Tyrion's gonna be the next red wedding victim? We told him not to catch a bouquet, um, <laughs> which is kind of cute. Um, according to Simon, the plan has begun shooting in 2016 when Peter's Game of Thrones obligations would be finished anyways. Let's back up. Is Peter Dinklage leaving Game of Thrones? Not, in my opinion, no, not, no, not really, because he's his contract runs out in 2016, right? Now, that's when the end of book five. So, if you look, think about how they recorded, like this year's 2014, it's the end of book three. Next year will be the end of book. It'll be book four. Then the next year is book five. That's 2016, right? Um. The problem is that's not really the end of the series. Okay. I mean, there are two other books in the series that he has yet to release. Mm-hmm. And so if they do... <laughs> Serious. So this is a conundrum, right? Because George R. R. Martin does not have a release date on book six yet. And book seven, no release date. So it's not so much that um, Mr. Dinklage... Might not be back. None of them might be back. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, so this is a question. Like, 
So what's what are they going to do when HBO? I mean, because the end of season five <laughs> ends with well, I'm not going to end the end. I'm not going to tell you, but the the end of book five does not finish the story. Mm-hmm. So it's it's funny because the funny enough, two of the guys who were on the cruise, Paul and Storm, wrote a song called "Right Like the Wind" about George R. R. Martin. And that he needs to please write and write faster. You're not going to get any younger, you know. Winter is coming. I'm growing impatient. You've still got more, two more damn books left to go. So, George, <laughs> write like the wind. <laughs> it's very true. He needs to hurry up and write. Because well, he, he's not if I understand guy. it correctly, I thought they were going to film a season for every half of the book. So there would be like another bunches of seasons left, I guess, to give George more time to write. Well, they're gonna they're gonna have to do like a half a season of the book if they want to even have a chance of hitting book six. Um, you know, the first two seasons they came out, they did a book a season, and I understand why they did two books for season three because season uh, excuse me book th- two uh, excuse me two seasons for book three because there's a lot that happens in that book. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're going to be able to milk the same sort of territory out of book four and five. Um, book four focuses on only half the characters. Book five focuses on the other half. And then toward the end, they start bringing all the characters back in. Um, so they might almost have to combine those over a couple seasons. I don't know how they're going to do it. But I really don't know what they're going to do. I mean, so the last book from Game of Thrones, I believe, came out two years ago, two, three years ago. Before that, the time between book four and five, seven years. So if that's the case, we have another four years to go till book six comes out and then another five or seven years till book seven comes out if he sticks with this timeline. <laughs> so hence, this is a conundrum. I don't know. Um, what do you guys think about all this? It, it sounds like Perez Hilton is just stirring the you-know-what. Well, he's for... definitely stirring the you-know-what. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. I think... I mean, there's a very good chance that we, we're not going to lose Peter Dinklage. I think Peter is going to move on once they finish filming because I think they're filming continuously, as continuously as possible, thusly why he is contracted through 2016. Right. You cannot replace, you can't replace Tyrion. No, you can't. There is no one. Even Warwick, I can't remember his last name. He's an amazing actor. You cannot replace Tyrion. You cannot replace Peter Dinklage's Tyrion. It's perfection. As it as I read the book, um, I'm still on the first book because sometimes it reads like stereo instructions. <laughs> it's it's a it, you you just can't. We've we're all invested in him, and he knows it. And you know that if if the other books show up and they want to film, you know he's going to tell HBO and Ben Ben Stiller, okay, look, we're going to have to work between the two. Right. Because he's totally he, every interview he's given, he's totally into it. He loves it, and and he supports it. So I, I don't think he would, I don't think he'd bail on us. I don't either. And and they're both HBO shows, so I'm sure HBO would work <clears throat> out something. It's in HBO's best interest to do so. Right. I mean. Right. Exactly. So, but. So take that, Perez. Yeah. But we'll put the link to the song that. Uh, M mentioned in the show notes. You can actually see that. Well, let's move into our next um, bit of news here. And M, I believe that uh, you have it. Do you want to, do you want me to play the uh, trailer here first or do you, how do you want yeah, to Yeah, let's play the trailer and then we shall discuss. Okay. There's not much to this trailer, but here we go. You're wasting your time, Voldemort. We should get a raise. Warehouse 13, the final episode. Begin Monday, April 14th at 9, only on Sci-Fi. April 14th is so far away. I know. (laughs) Our buddies are going to be back, and they're going to be done. I know. I know. Oh, man. I like the Voldemort reference. That was cute. (laughs) (laughs) And they definitely need a raise. What was that? Knowing that this was the last season, you know that the writers and the actors all had a really good time to just ham it up as much as possible and just deliver a thousand percent. Eddie McClintock was talking about it when we saw him last year and that they're really just so invested and they're they're heartbroken. And, you know, 
if anyone from sci-fi is listening, what were you thinking and did you work at Fox before this? <laughs> Why well, my understanding was kind of a mutual decision. Well, I, I actually asked air quotes. It, actually, air quotes. Okay, air quotes. Go ahead. <laughs> I actually asked Eddie. I just, I, you know, what what was some of the motivation behind that? And he said, uh, if I understood him correctly, it's largely it's financial. It's it's um, mm-hmm. all the actors are making. Um, a, I don't know if it's quite a bit more, but they're making making significantly more money than they were when they first started, and it's just. That's what seems to be the thing that's um, the nail in the coffin. Is it's just it's just too it's it's too expensive to produce. Um, so, which it seems like that maybe at least for the Sci-Fi Channel, if one of their shows has a five-year run, that's probably a good thing. I mean that they that that five years is probably maybe the most they'll get out of one one show. I mean, what was BSG four years? Yeah. Those four, I don't know. It. Uh, I, I mean, it's the actors. Yes, she was like four and a half ish, five. Yeah. I mean, considering the shows that they have on there now, uh, I mean, they could live without SmackDown for the love of criminy, but that's easy because stupid is cheap. Mm. I'm sorry. Was that out loud? Yeah, it was, and we we have, we're recording that out. So. <laughs> oh, great. So let me repeat that. They could get rid of SmackDown, but stupid is cheap. <laughs> I, I just I'm heartbroken by some of the stuff that they hold on to and some of the stuff they produce and then some of the stuff that's really beloved and stories and opportunities to take sci-fi and make it interesting and make it this was kind of a comedy and you don't get that very much it's no. just you usually get very serious or you get super campy and this was just right in the middle and really lovely and accessible I, I don't see a reason it's like Eureka. Those were really great shows. And they said it was a financial thing there, too. Well, that was well then five stop years spending too, right? money on WWE and sure. put it into something good. No, I, I hear you. Okay, I, I'm off the soapbox. No. <laughs> um, I, I am. I could, I could listen to you for several more minutes on soapbox. I, I, I could always listen to that. I, you, you, have, you, you have an amen for me on that one. <laughs> but uh, Amen, yeah. brother. Yeah. Well, you know... Um, I guess, um, as Damien said, at least with them knowing that there's an end, they get to tie up the ends. Well, true. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have a very good series finale. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at what we'll, we'll be talking in the listener feedback show about um, Almost Human, but Almost Human really doesn't get to wrap up. No. And we had the finale, right, this past week? We, we had the season finale. And a serious finale. Oh, the, oh it is definitely. It wasn't, it wasn't renewed, I don't believe. Oh, that's, oh, okay. So, I mean, this is it. That's um, that's too bad. Um, I, I think I'm correct in that. Someone may want to, um, someone, mm. you know, I don't know, but they do get to wrap it up at least. And that's, and so they get to do it their way. When did they wrap up filming of this? You know. At least, probably about four Four months ago. Yeah, that's, right. that's what I thought. I thought it was before December. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen said in the chat room, wrestling, that's what makes some money. So I guess it, people are watching it. it. People are watching it and losing brain cells. So it's a it's the viewer's fault. You know, if people wouldn't watch wrestling, <laughs> sci-fi wouldn't be airing it. I, I don't mind. It stinks. I, I don't mind sci-fi fans watching wrestling so much as just that. You used to be into wrestling a big time. I I, I, I was, but that, that what I'm just saying is that they should the sci-fi channel should still be concerned about making making good sci-fi. Yeah. And if and if it's good, well, all right. If it's too expensive, figure out ways to make it more economical, or you know, figure out ways you could save some money here and there. Just um, sometimes artistic integrity is not um, I mean I know they have to make money on it they have to be able to able to it, 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 it need to break even and, 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 and make money but at the same time you, you have a chance to make some really good art there and uh, unfortunately that isn't always a priority nope no nope. well let's move into um, talking about Star Wars rebels and I believe. Emma, is that you that highlighted that? That's yours. Yes, because those are the I highlighted Very good. Some things to that are important to read. 
Look, I work alone. That's just a kid that's been living on his own. He's a con artist, but he's only 14. He's had a little rough, but he never really feels bad for himself. He's very street smart. He's a pickpocket. He's a little thief. But he's doing it all because he needs to survive. Hey, the kid's got to eat. He's not a bad kid. It's just what you do in this time. He's not wealthy enough to be taken care of. He's not wealthy enough to get off the planet. He doesn't really trust anyone. That's kind of his motto in life. Why would I risk my life for a bunch of strangers? People don't do that. He has that kind of hard edge at times, but he knows how to turn on the charm when it comes to getting what he wants. And he's just very charismatic. Like, you'd want to, I feel like people want to be his friend. Well, every little bit helps. He's been outrunning stormtroopers and fighting against the Empire his whole life. But he's not a rebel. That's not really what he's about yet. If he can steal from the Empire in small ways, great. He doesn't mind sticking it to them at all. In fact, he likes doing that. He always wants to get his hands on some of their tech, take it apart, mess with it. He's always stealing their helmets. Because yeah, what kid wouldn't? Ezra, it's like I just have a soft spot for him because he is the first character we came up with for the show. I just, I'm always rooting for him. We see this whole series very much through Ezra's eyes. As his eyes get open to what the Empire's capable of, his eyes are open to the fact that there are people who care, who are trying to fight the good fight, and he becomes one of them. When he meets Kanan and the crew of the Ghost, it's kind of this opportunity to have a family, so it's a great choice that he makes to go along with them. To survive instinctively every now and then when he's in a jam, he uses the Force. Now he doesn't call it that, he doesn't know that's what he's doing. He thinks he's got some abilities that are a little strange every now and then, but they help him out. It's instinctive, it's reactionary. And in Kanan, he also finds someone who can mentor him in a way. They get thrown into that scenario without really realizing that they are being thrown into it. They need each other. Ezra will never become a Jedi without Kanan, and Kanan will never reclaim his status and become a Jedi Knight without Ezra. You doing okay, kid? You kidding? This is a blast! Oh, that good Star Wars music in the <laughs> background. Um, so, uh, Em, what do you think here? <clears throat> this is really neat. This is really nice little... This is a neat little, you know, what's the word? Amuse-bouche. A nice little flavorful taste to get us ready for big Star Wars. This is kind of fun Star Wars, light Star Wars. And I'm all for taking, um, for learning about new characters and developing new characters in that universe. Um, I, I like this concept of, of taking it from the, I don't know if it's completely focused on Ezra, but I do like Ezra as a character. He's, he's a kid who's on his own, but he's not like some annoying brat who constantly whines and t has full of midichlorians. <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I'm talking about. But the executive producer, Dave Filioni, ends it. Ezra is not just not, he's not a bad kid. Although he might enjoy stealing from the Empire, his behavior has been influenced by the world around him, a world that's under Imperial control. So it's it's neat to see it from that point of view, where it's not just from the senator's point of view or the prince's point of view or a Jedi's point of view. It's from a real human's point of view, you know, and... It's it, it's important. I like the concept of him meeting um, uh, a mentor, a, someone to really kind of not take care of him, but a little tough love, kind of in that um, Obi Wan slash. Um, oh my God, I forgot his name in the first move Luke in the Skywalker? first crappy movie. Anakin. Nope, nope. Um, Qui Gon Jinn. Qui Gon, yeah. Oh, kind of. I see this as more that. of like a Qui Gon. Obi-Wan than an Obi-Wan Anakin mm. because I that was believable to me and just and he was a little bit more tough lovey and I, I like I'm, I'm very much interested in this uh, I have it earmarked to keep an eye on now they do say that Ez, if, Ez, Ezra is force sensitive yes he yeah is. so he's force sensitive and that he's not really aware that he's tapping into this mystical energy field thank god they didn't bring up the m word um and he knows that he's got these funky abilities and but they're instinctive and reactionary so this is what anakin should have been right. um and it's only through his relationship with conan the the that jedi survivor dude um that he's going to learn exactly where all this stuff is coming from and together they kind of you know, build a new path and a new destiny and the rebellion will rise again, which is cool. Cause I, I, 
it would be neat if this was embedded in the next layer. So as we meet the twins in the next set of movies, um, they need someone to mentor them, and maybe their Uncle Luke isn't the right guy. Maybe it's grown-up Ezra. Right. You don't know, do right. you? I'd I mean, like it to happen. Well, as Damien pointed out, Freddie Prince Jr. is one of the voices, um, actually the voices of Conan Jarrus, I believe. Oh, nice. Um, he Ta has grown up a bit. I can believe that. Taylor Gray is the one that voices Ezra, and Billy D. Williams is Lando Calrissian. <gasps> yes! So he's reprising his voice. What I like about this is that this will feel like the Star Wars that we know and love. From mm -hmm. it's going to be different than it's going to be different than Clone Wars in what way? Setting? Well, the, the timing. I mean, it's going to be the Empire has taken over, right? So, so it's yeah. after oh. after movie three, right? Right. Uh, it's going to be written well. It's just a different point of view. Yeah, it is. I think, and I think it's what it needs. I think the Star Wars, the Star Wars environment needs a different POV. Well, you know, Damien or Jem were talking about, remember uh, a few years ago, Miles, they were going to do that live action Star Wars. It was set between movie three and movie four, A New right. Hope. This sounds like it's the same thing, but we're animating it now. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're using some of the same concepts, the same ideas. Although that one was supposed to be more adult, if I recall. Yeah, I, yeah you're you're correct. I mean, this was it was going to be more adult, but it must have been too too expensive to produce, or some somebody m maybe Disney pulled the plug on that one and figured, no, let's let's go animated. Well, yeah, I, I think it ended up being too expensive to produce. Mm -hmm. Live action versus anime is always going to be. Anime is always going to win. Animated's going to win because it's less expensive. Oh yeah. But live action Star Wars, I don't think is going to work, unless it's an epic film. I don't think it can be produced on a weekly basis. Yeah. I don't think it's believable on a weekly basis because it would be functionally too expensive to produce something believable. And in the world of animation, you know, you can throw physics out the window, and yeah. you don't have to get stunt doubles. Absolutely. You don't have to pay stunt doubles, yeah. <laughs> That's very, it's very, very true. Well, let's move into our next story. Our next story is yours, Miles. So we've been talking about a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, the only thing I, we, we, we're just going to just play a trailer and uh, let talk you... Talk about it. Talk about it. Let you always yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. My favorite character, what is it, the fox or raccoon? Raccoon. Raccoon, thank you. Wow. I love the raccoon. And the guy. Drop it now! Yeah, hey, cool man. No problem. No problem at all. Who are you? Star Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man, legendary outlaw? Forget it. We arrested these five on Xandar. Check out the rap sheets. Drax, AKA the Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in his search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Root. He's been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Peter Jason Quill. He's also known as Star-Lord. Who calls him that? Himself, mostly. He's wanted largely on charges of minor assault, public intoxication, and <laughs> fraud. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 that's mine. You son of a bitch. Hey, take those headphones off right now. All right, so that's where this, the trailer that I have ends. I think it goes on just a little bit beyond that. Um, so what are we liking about this? I, again, Jen, I know, said that she hadn't read the series. I never read any of the comics. Em, did you read any of the comics? Didn't know it existed till I saw um, people mentioning it on the Facebook. Yeah. 
And how Honestly. about you? Did you read any of the comics? No, I'm Guardians of the Galaxy was off my radar. I, I know very little bit about it, but, but the, the trailer is funny. But the trailer is funny, and it's something I I would be definitely open to seeing in theaters. Oh yeah. Well, the cast itself is phenomenal. You have Chris Pratt playing Star Lord, uh, Zoe Saldana playing Gamora, Karen Gillian, who is of course of Doctor Who fame, playing right. Nebula, Bradley Cooper, Rocket Raccoon, favorite character. Dave uh, Bautista playing Drax the Destroyer, Vin Diesel playing Groot, um, uh, Benedetoro uh, playing uh, the Collector. We have who else do we have here? Um, Glenn Close playing Nova Prime Real. I mean, the cast is that's a pretty phenomenal cast list. Oh heck yeah! There's Peter Saravinovich who I adore, and I know he's only there for a little bit, but he's a but what hilarious, he hilarious comedian. Oh, he's a comedian. Um, so I've seen him in a lot of British stuff, which oh, okay. is. And Lee Pace is in there, which um, he was in Lincoln. He was in the fall. He's been in a lot of obscure stuff. I think he's. Um, he was in the Hobbit. I want to say he's. He's in the Hobbit. He's one of the. Um, he's uh, Thrandul. Yeah, he's Thrandul. We also have uh, Vin Diesel as uh, Groot, the voice. I, know. And, I, like, I like Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. So. And we, we were talking about. Pro wrestling earlier, uh, a pro wrestler by the name of David Batista is playing Drax the Destroyer. Okay, I recognize this this really big bald dude. I was like, that looks like somebody that I've heard of, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it, it it seems like it seems like what an action adventure sci fi comedy type thing. Is that the way you kind of interpret the trailer here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I yeah. think so. I think so. I mean, it's they've definitely it's it's a James Gunn production, and I. He does some really bizarro stuff, but some really neat stuff. He's got a, an interesting point of view. Um, you know, he's done stupid stuff like Scooby Doo, but then he did Dawn of the Dead and Slither. I mean, those are pretty. Those are pretty interesting. And then he's done some other cheesy stuff. But I, I, I like where he goes. I, I, I enjoy following what he does. Yeah. Damien said that Vin Diesel's allowed to be the wooden actor. <laughs> you know, Aww, Vin Diesel. He, 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 he was perfect in the babysitter movie. Uh, he was adorable holding the baby. Um, you know, I've loved him in any of the Fast and Furious movies, for what they're worth. Um, and and obviously the um, uh, Riddick series. He, But he plays mm. kind of the same type of character when he does. Yeah. I just saw the last Riddick movie and it was, it just seemed like another escape. Well, Riddick is always escaping. I know. You know, if it's not the necromancers, it's the people who aren't hanging him down for the necromancers. I do want to see the the third movie you're talking about. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But it is, I mean, mean, when when you watch it, you watch it, you kind of know what you're expecting, but you still, you're still, you're still along for the ride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but. Yeah, Karen Gillian and Riddick and yeah, Karen, Karen Gillian, who shaved her head for the role. God bless her. I know, I know. She showed up to Comic Con with a wig on, and people were like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And so she went, "Well, I committed to my character." Funk, and there she was, all fuzzy and bald headed. Yeah. God love her. That's dedication. That is dedication. Well, Miles, let's move on into our twist. All right. So this week's uh, in Star Trek, we actually have maybe some science fiction that that's inspired some science so the star trek dermal regenerator may be a reality soon it looks like more of star trek science fiction is becoming science fact nasa is working with a texas-based company to develop two new devices one that'll build a 3d human cells another one that will treat pain externally without medications wondering if the dermal regenerator will be the next flip phone yeah well you know this this idea here that they're creating this Mm -hmm. is really awesome Right. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, seriously, it's Star Trek becoming a reality. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine having, like, your personal one? Like, sheet. Well, like, if, go ahead. If you cut yourself do, shaving or doing whatever, I mean, and, you know, you won't need, you know, Band-Aids or whatever. It's um, But pain medication without medication, I mean, imagine, you know, so, some folks un, un, sadly get hooked on pain meds, and if, if this is something that I could, you know, help with that i mean that'd just be phenomenal that would be awesome mm-hmm. and what do you think i would love it especially this weekend with the sunburn that i got <laughs> <laughs> that would make it real example that'd be that'd be real awesome actually a good example of that so i saw this on uh, our, our friend uh, um 
uh, friends from Sub Six Communique, uh, Chris and Charity, uh, would uh, they had this article on their website. Yeah, what's well, an awesome, awesome idea that they take technology and they're making this kind of a reality for that. So this is that's real cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so awesome. Well, let's move into our last promo tonight, and our last promo is from Gems. Uh, Jim uh, Arrowwood in his blog, Jim Sci-Fi Blog, he blogs really about everything, books, whatever he's watching, mm-hmm. whatever he's seeing, commentary on what's going on in sci-fi. And we're going to play this, and then we'll move into our Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Cool. When you don't read Jim's Sci-Fi Blog, you are uninformed of the science fiction world. When you are uninformed about the science fiction world, you go to the cantina. When you go to the cantina, you meet attractive Cylon women who want to take you to outer space. Wondered when you'd get here. When Cylon women take you to outer space, you have to run for your life. When you run for your life, you trip on a tribble and sprain your wrist. When you sprain your wrist, you get medical attention from a doctor named Walter Bishop. I had a fruit cocktail once. Don't seek medical attention from a doctor named Walter Bishop. Assimilate JimSciFiBlog.com. Resistance is futile. Now who's ready for dessert? Sci-Fi 5 and 5, where we bring you the top five, the worst five, of anything in science fiction or fantasy, in five minutes or less. I love that promo for Jim's Sci-Fi blog. That was very funny. It is funny. Very (laughs) creative. It's definitely funny and creative. Well, we're here to talk about... Top five moments. And let's start, since Farpoint was a little bit further back, let's start with Farpoint, and then we'll talk about the cruise that M went on with her personal friend, Will Wheaton. Right. Mm. right. <laughs> so uh, let's talk top Farpoint moments. We got back, for those of you that are listening and tuning in, about a month ago, a little bit under a month ago, we got back from a convention called Farpoint.com in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And we had the distinct pleasure of meeting tons of different people and just kind of experiencing the con. And so these are Miles' top five moments, but we might jump in here, Miles, just warning you. So I've been warned. Okay. Okay. So number five, as soon as I walked in seeing fans in their costumes, it's always great seeing the fans enjoy their time at the con and uh, especially seeing the, the Klingons again. Um, I see these guys... For the last couple of years, it fairly consistently dressed, you know, in their Klingon gear and sometimes their um, Star Wars Imperial gear. Um, but uh, these guys, if you want to get pictures with them or whatever, they're they're up for anything. I mean, last last year they had this uh, thriller dance lessons and they partook in. It. So you saw some Klingons doing the thriller. Oh yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And um, they're brothers, if I'm correct, right? I'm not. I'm I not they sure. Are. They might be. I'm, I think they're I think charming they're... as all get out. I can tell you that. <laughs> They're uh, they, just adorable. They are definitely, definitely. And your number four, Miles. Uh, number four is uh, meeting Alan Dean Foster. Um, he's a legend in the sci-fi fantasy writing. I've uh, read many of his tie-in novels. It, w- it was great to meet an author of a, of a work I've really enjoyed. And yep. number three, um, meeting uh, Jim, Jim Crutt from uh, Dawn of the Dead, a very nice and gracious guy. Oh, he was a great guy. Fantastic. And I'm not going to hold it against him that uh, he was a zombie. Although right. I, I should have been a little, a little more suspicious when he was wanting to share his pizza. Right, right. He was just trying to fatten you up, fatten up your brain. Right. <laughs> so that's right. And um, the con is, you know, uh, is is a time that we get a chance to, you know, M is recording from some someplace in D.C. and we're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. But the con, the cons are centrally located where we could get together. So it was great hanging out with M and, and Dave. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Amy and David, and then Neil uh, bringing him into the live show, and Mike mm-hmm. from Big Damn Films, and Keith, and so mm-hmm. tons of other folks. So that and my number one is always seeing old friends. You, you get to see if you're lucky twice a year. Oh, yeah. F- folks like Neil, Mike from Big Damn Films, uh, Keith to Canada, and many other fine folks. We get to see it at Far Point and Shore, Shore Leave. I was going to say your number two really is. I really it was great um, to kind of sit there and record with you live. It was fun. We've never, ever done that before. It was the first time we were ever in the same room. And, you know, it was such a treat. It was a bit unusual. They kind of had us in the middle of the atrium. And there are some things I would probably do differently about that the next time. Mm -hmm. But 
it was kind of neat to be out there because you got to kind of observe what was going on in the con around you. Right. I mean, we saw there's an autograph table across from us. and Yeah, we were waving at Todd Rage across the floor. Right. <laughs> but, well, thanks, Miles, for your top five moments. You're welcome. I really don't have much to add. Mm-hmm. It was I, w- I would agree with that. I was uh, grateful to be able to actually stay overnight this year. So, well, let's um, let's go to your top five, M. Your top five cruise moments. So my top five cruise moments on the Jonathan Colton Cruise Crazy Cruise Four. I just said cruise twice. You did. Um. So it's in short, it's a giant cruise. It was a six-night Western Caribbean cruise on Royal Caribbean's Independence of the Scene with Jonathan Colton and friends. If you Google Joko Cruise, it'll pop up, and it's it's just really a neat atmosphere. Um. There's so much that I love, but I think I, my my number five moment was learning to place um, Sentinels of the Multiverse. It's a co-op tabletop game where you get to be a superhero in this amazing multiverse, and you work together with everyone and 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 fight evil things. And it's such a smart game. And the first time I played it, I I rage quit it. I was like, this is too complicated. It sucks. And it basically <laughs> and I said it last year, sitting next to Chris Bedell, who created the game. God bless him. <laughs> For not stabbing me in the eye. Right. But my dear friend Marley, who now lives in California, and Colin and Gwen and Rachel sat down and were really sweet and explained the whole game. And and it was fun and it was a blast. And I I, mean, I want to share the link because you guys would totally, if you're into tabletop gaming and you like a cooperative adventure game, this is the game for you. And to hang out with Chris Bedell, he's the sweetest guy. And I'm so excited because Think Geek picked up his game to sell. And they don't really sell a lot of games, so I'm really, really proud of them. I might have to pick that um, up. But. It's a neat game. Um, I like. I would start kids at like ten to play it, especially. It's it's a it could be a long game. I played one game where it took 25 minutes because the bad guy killed us all in one fell swoop, and then we managed to play for about an hour. Um, and then I've heard of games running like three and a half hours. Wow. It's great. Um, it's really fun. Well, you know, this reminds uh, me, your frustration, this reminded me we were playing the Firefly game. It was like, this uh, sucks. We got into it. But mm-hmm. by the by the end, with the patience of Neil kind of helming the table. Bless it, you, Neil. We, we were kind of getting into the game by the end. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. We played that, too. We failed miserably. <laughs> so did we, we failed in the last round. That was so terrible about it. But Anyways. My, my number four moment was um, after the first day and you kind of meet everybody again, you find new people and so-and-so is a structural engineer and someone's a biochemist and someone's a physics teacher. Someone's an astronomer and you know, all these amazing people. And it made me realize given the history of how many things have been happening on cruise ships lately, that if anything happened to our cruise ship, our little group, our group of like 800 people could take over the ship and fix it. So totally by the time it. the Coast Guard showed up, we'd be on the bow going, never mind, we got it. We're, good. <laughs> We're totally awesome. fine. Such a diverse group of people. It was amazing. Um, and my third favorite moment was a couple of minutes that I got with Grant Imahara of, um, oh God, I'm blanking on his show. You know who Grant Imahara is. Mythbusters. Uh, Mythbusters. <laughs> uh, I took a picture of him with this kid dressed up as a Dalek. Um, and... Uh, I, I, I'd always wanted to ask him about it and I happened to be in the pub and it was just me and Grant and Mahara and of course I squeaked and went, oh my God, Grant and Mahara. And I showed him the picture and he told me the story that this kid who was, he had a walking uh, device to, to, that helped him walk, his parents built this big red Dalek around him. And amazing. So he and his girlfriend were walking along from the Javits Center up the street and it's kind of funky terrain and there's this big red Dalek walking and a parent on each side and all of a sudden the Dalek starts rolling backwards and all he hears from inside is I appear to be uh, experiencing some technical difficulties and uh, it's so cute and so Grant stopped helped him out and Grant took a picture he's like can I have a picture with you instead of the other way around he was just he's a fan of the thing and he's a big Doctor Who fan so having having a chance to to just chat with him even for a few moments it was really sweet and I didn't know he used to be when in a couple of years ago when he was working for Lucas Films or that whole Lucas World ILM whenever you needed a C-3PO to go and do like a site visit it was Grant Imahara oh cool wow I didn't know it was him in that suit poor guy well he was also he was also uh, in Star Trek Continues as a 
Mr. Sulu. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Very cool. The second thing was getting just getting a chance to hang out with John Scalzi, who wrote the book Red Shirts. He's written a ton of great stuff, but Red Shirts, it's this meta book about living in a Star Trek kind of world, but finding out that, well, I'm not going to say it. You have to read it. And that it's going to become a TV series, which makes it even cooler. So I, I put the link to Scalzi's website. Everyone go get Red Shirts to read. And if you want to listen to it, it's read by my close personal friend, Wumi. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the absolute best part, the number one part of that cruise for me was that my friends here in DC, we play this, um, this kind of, oh, I can't think of what it's called. It's a, it's a, it's a starship. There's a better term for it. A space, I can't use starship, a spaceship bridge simulator game where there's a bunch of us playing different roles. There's helm, there's weapons, there's science, there's comms, there's captain. And we play this a bunch. And through our friend Rachel, um, she, we played it on the cruise last year and the celebrities played it. And that was amazing. And I spent the summer learning more about the game. So Rachel told Tom Robertson, the creator of the game about it. And he said, well, then I'm going on the cruise too. He came on the cruise with his own rigs, with all of his laptops and a version of the game that hasn't been released yet. Awesome. So we got to play the game before everybody else did. We got to, I was part of the the training crew. So I got to help train some of the celebs to play um, the comms area. And then we got to play with Tom Robertson as our captain which was the neatest thing. And it was so special. And he and his That's wife, awesome. uh, Audra are just amazing. And it was the absolute highlight of the cruise. So it, awesome. there's all sorts of cuckoo-ness that happens on it that you must experience. And they've already announced secretly uh, Joko Cruise 5 for January 31st for uh, 2015 for eight days. That's awesome. So you should all go because it's awesome. That would be awesome. I had forgotten that the promo says, you know, five at five and under five minutes. I hope that was under five. That was fine. Okay. <laughs> We're not, we, don't, we, don't, we, are too religious, we are too religious about that. All right. By the way, they like your uh, Bazinga shirt. Oh, great. So, Bazinga. Yep, he has a Bazinga shirt on. The Klingons liked it too. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Well, and Miles, thank you for sharing your top five moments from oh, Farpoint. You're and very from welcome. the cruise. That cruise, I would love to go on that cruise sometime. I don't know if I can convince my wife to go on a geeky cruise like that. There's a lot of non-geeky things to do. And, uh, you know, I'm maybe 35% geeky. There's there's a lot out there that's awesome. And you don't have to be super geeky. You just have to enjoy that people are different and fun and share the thing that they do that makes them happy. And some of them make lots of money at it. So it's kind of awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I believe that about that, that about does it. Anything else that we need to talk about? I think we covered it. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get out of the show. We have a listener feedback show that we got to record yet. We'll be doing that in just a little bit. Yay. uh, Yay. We'll talk about some of the things we're doing. But thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Thank you to the chat room for Jen and Damien for chatting us up as we've been doing this podcast. And um, Thanks, Jen and Damien. Yay. And... um, but I believe that's about it. And so why don't we uh, take us out of the show here? All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. All right. We will see you. Do your dailies. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food, service, and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about, or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us at one 888 508-4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at SciFiDinerPodcast.com or send an MP3 or typed email to SciFiDinerPodcast at gmail.com You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at Facebook.com slash SciFiDiner We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci-fi diner podcast.com <laughs>